listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. We are diving into our, uh, continuing on in our Rooted Sermon Series, so Rooted, Deep Roots, and Good Fruits. And we've talked, Good Fruits, Good Fruit. And we've talked a lot about uh, different topics along the way. So if you've missed any of this, this is all online. But the heart behind this message is to equip the saints for the good works that God has for you. And we want to equip you by having you be connected into the text in an amazing way. How many of you started the 12-day forgiveness uh, uh, study that we're doing online? Anybody? A couple of us? I'm on day number six. Short and sweet. This one's a short and sweet one, but it is deep. And so six days learning more about forgiveness and what does it look like to have a heart uh, that Jesus would want uh, as we move towards forgiveness in what we're doing in life. And so I hope you guys will choose to join us on that. Uh, that's on our app there. Uh, and we've had talked about a lot of different topics here, um, but all of them are basically pieces of your faith that we feel that you need to be rooted in. Actually, we feel God, God would say that you need to be rooted in all of these different pieces of your faith, whether it's your prayer life, whether it's how you worship, whether it's repentance, whether it's forgiveness, all of these pieces. So um, the goal here is to equip the saints for the good works that God has for you. And one of the things that we need to be equipped in is understanding um, our role in the kingdom of God and how we are to steward what God gives us. So pause. This is not a give me your money sermon. Uh, You can keep your hands in your pockets and hold all that cash that nobody carries anymore. Uh, The heart behind this, and I've been praying about this quite a bit this week. I'm like, Lord, what do you want your people to know? What do you really want them to experience and know about you when it comes to being rooted in stewardship? And as I think about that, uh, you know, when you go to this idea, like there's automatically these walls that come up when we talk about stewardship, because you automatically think we're talking about money. And that's just a portion of it. You do spend 90,000 hours of your life, one third of your life working for this thing called money or provision to provide you food, shelter, and clothing, all of the little things in life that we like to enjoy. And thank you guys for wearing clothing today. How great is that? Um, A huge portion of Jesus's teachings uh, revolved around uh, stewardship and money and like how, how people would view that. And he talks about it a lot because he knows something about our hearts and he knows how our hearts work. And he knows that there's this world around him. And there was a world around him at that time in the Roman world that was telling you that you were not enough. You didn't have enough. You needed to be entertained more. And this whole idea about not being enough and the world keeps telling you that you're not enough, you're not enough, you're not enough, you don't have enough, you don't look good enough, you don't wear the right things, you don't live in the right area. You're not enough, you're not enough, you're not enough. Because the world wants you to know that you're not enough. So you'll think that your God is not enough. Now, God has been enough for a long time. Amen? He's been enough for a long time. So it probably makes sense for us to have a godly perspective on stewardship of our gifts and our talents and the resources that he provides each and every one of us. We value uh, this so much that our church on our website, if you go underneath our What We Believe We have these four things that we believe. And one of the things that we have on there is ownership. And here's what it says on our website. It says ownership. We want everyone at real life to feel like they have a stake in what we're trying to accomplish. 
that you're not just here to be entertained or sing some songs or, or hear some sermon or those things, but like you have a purpose and a plan if you call yourself a lifer, if you call yourself a partner at Real Life, or if this is your church. It's not just to show up and hang out. Uh, that's great, and we have coffee and all those things, but you have a plan, you have a part to play in what we're doing because it's so much more than this building on a Sunday, amen? 95% of the time, this building, is, this room is empty. So this is not church. Church is out there. Church is out there in your hearts as you're interacting with your community. And so we want you to have complete ownership in what we're trying to accomplish on the kingdom, uh, in the kingdom of God on the Palouse. Ownership com- conveys a sense of responsibility. It's a first in and last out mentality. And people tend to fix and care for things that they own. And we want to help people own their faith more. We pe- want people to take care of their faith. We want people to take care of others around and be flowing with the abundance that God has for you that it comes uh, out of you and flows onto other people. And a big piece of that is understanding stewardship. And that's why I put it in our Rooted series. It's being a good steward. Now, what is stewardship? It's the job of supervising or taking care of something, such as an organization or property or resources given to you. So if you're a a homeowner here, you steward the house that you live in. You will probably not own it forever. You probably don't even own it right now. Me and the bank have an agreement on mine, um, and they'll let me stay there as long as I send them this thing every month called a mortgage. But I get to steward this place. I think about that often when I'm working on things, and I wish somebody would have told me how much landscaping really requires of my life and soul and heart. But I think about this when I'm looking, and I'll, I'll try and pause, and I know it's happened to me multiple times this, this summer and this fall. I'm sitting there with my post hole digger, working, doing a lat exercise, doing this, and I'll stop, and I'll watch the sunset from wherever I'm working. And I'll look at this, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord. Thank you for letting me see that. Thank you for letting me steward this place that you're allowing me to be in for this period of time that, that I'll, you know, hopefully I'll own it someday, but it's yours anyway for the next person. Who else? I think often as I'm sitting there uh, looking out on our view, I think often of the other people and families that are also going to get to look at God's creation and that all I am is a steward of this particular asset that the Lord has. Stewardship is a theme in the Bible that you can trace from Genesis to Revelation. It's a calling rooted, rooted in creation, highlighted throughout the Bible, and it influences the way you live your life for the glory of God. So there are some causes of poor stewardship in our world. And I would say the number one cause of poor stewardship is lack of trust. Thinking that God is holding out on you. Poor financial habits are just a symptom of something that's going on in, the internal, in your eternal heart and soul. Having our faith and our identity be put in the wrong things. I love the different uh, scriptures that are sometimes misquoted, but like, you know, it's harder for, the, for a rich man to get to heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And all of us in here are like, yeah, those rich people. That's you. 
If you live in America and you make $34,000 a year, you are in the top 1% of income earners in all of the world. You're the rich person. Well, I didn't think I was rich. I only have two bathrooms. That guy has four. That's us. And that's not really what Jesus is trying to say, but putting it in perspective of stewarding what God gives us. You know, Noah was called to steward the animals uh, and the people that God wanted to save from the flood. Moses faithfully steward, stewarded the children of Israel as they went into the, uh, the promised land for 40 years as they were in the wilderness. Uh, the disciples served as faithful stewards of the teachings of the word of God. They took care of the scriptures. They took care of what God had done on the cross and they shared it with the rest of the world. We see an act of stewardship in Genesis 2, 15, 15. It says, the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. We are to take care of this world that God has given us. From our recycling to how we steward the resources that, that are in the world and on it and how God continues to provide for us. Like, can he, he created something that is sustaining 7 billion people. It's pretty amazing that he even gave us enough oxygen today to breathe. That he takes, continues to take care of us. You know, in our, uh, our class that we have on Thursday nights, we have a crown financial class and there's uh, a few folks that are in this class. And uh, it's the Dave Ramsey before, like so was Dave Ramsey's mentor, uh, one of Dave Ramsey's mentors. And the crown financial class really tackles the heart behind stewardship and resources and dollars. Because most of us already know the math. Which side of interest do you want to be on? The paying side or the receiving side? Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, like we can do math. But it has to get, just because we have the knowledge of it, it has to get into the heart of how we're going to view things that God has for us. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but the world is programming you to think that God is not enough. The world has ideas on how you are to handle money and resources and time. From the commercials of it's my money and I want it now. That's like a two-year-old. Every time I see that commercial, I'm like, that's a two-year-old just screaming. You deserve it now. Pay later. YOLO. Yeah, you're going to only live once and you're going to choose to live in bondage and hell because you don't understand God's purpose and plan for how to steward things. Do you know there's $285 billion spent on getting you to spend money? In America, there's a $285 billion marketing budget. It's by far the largest advertising market in the world. There was $285 billion spent in 2021 on trying to get you to spend, to, to spend money. You have to fight the message that says you're not enough. Let me tell you why you're enough. You're enough because your God is enough. Amen? Say God is enough. Our God provided from the beginning of time. Enough. Enough oxygen. Enough sunlight. Enough water. Enough food. Enough shelter. Enough grace. 
enough mercy. Enough forgiveness. Enough knowledge. Enough time. Enough love. He is Jehovah Jireh. A song we're gonna I think we get to sing at the end of the service. The God who provides. Genesis twenty two fourteen. So Abraham called that place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided when he provided a sacrifice as he went up to sacrifice his son. He is enough. He's faithful over and over, time and time again. Yet the world wants you to question his faithfulness. It's working hard to separate you from the resources that God is having you steward. It happens so much, I don't even recognize it. God says, trust me. And I say, I'll think about it. God says, trust me, 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 trust me. Trust me so much. Here's my son. Trust me. I'm not sure. It's pretty old. It's a pretty old request. God trusts us to be good with resources. Luke 16, 10 through 12. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with very much. Do you know that your character flaws are magnified with lots of what money and wealth? Like most of us, like we're like, yeah, if I had the lottery, then. Like if God wanted you to have $5 million, he would give it to you if he knew you could handle it. Our character flaws are magnified when we don't understand how to, how to steward the resources that God has given us. Verse 11, so, so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches? True riches? What are these true riches? Where, where are the true riches? What do you mean? There's more to it than just what I'm stewarding here now and today? Having an eternity mindset? That what you're stewarding now is going to matter in eternity? It also says in verse 12, it says, and if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? See, God trusts us. He's gifted us to uh, take care of his creation, which is the earth and each other. There should be no need that happens in this church that we can't take care of together. Amen? Now we have to define need. Well, I need a new Tesla. Well, how about a 97 Honda Accord with 296,000 miles on it? Three quarts of oil and five gallons of gas. What do you think? God trusts us to take care of his creation. Do, do you trust God? Do you believe that he's got this? Well, you don't know. It's like it's a recession. It's the highest inflation we've ever had. I don't know if God's ever seen this before. I think he's got it. Do you trust him in times of plenty or do you forget him in times of plenty? In times of struggle, God is, is still and always has been enough 
for us. And I, I want you to hear that word a lot today for you to know that you're going to have hard times coming your way and that your God's already enough for those hard times. I remember this time in my life. I wish I didn't have so many opportunities. Well, I guess I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful that I've had so many opportunities to give God the opportunity to show up and show me that he was enough. So picture this. I'm going to say this is like 2003. I live in Post Falls, Idaho. I'm Josh, the insurance man from Bankers Life and Casualty Company. How are you doing? I wear a tie every day. I have shoes. I have a nice suit that's pretty 90s, pretty awesome. Something I still own, kind of 90s-ish. Um, and this particular day, I've worn the correct set of shoes. They're not two different colors. And I'm walking up to your front door with my little briefcase. I have a beautiful wife who uh, lives in a very nice double-wide trailer. And uh, we have two kids. I don't think Ellie had been born yet. We have two kids. And I'm beyond, if, if I wasn't even near broke. I wish I could have been close to broke because that would have meant I was at zero, but I was like far below broke. So I go to my little insurance appointment in my Honda Accord that we still own, the 97 Honda Accord. Go to my little insurance appointment. It probably only had 100,000 miles on it then. Hi, how are you doing? This is Josh with Bankers Life and Casualty. Oh yeah, we're not interested. Boom! I'm holding my little card here that said they were interested. They are not interested, obviously. Walk in my little cute little suit back to my car, sit in my car, look at my gas gauge. Not a lot of gas. Thank goodness I was in Coeur d'Alene. I pulled over and I remember looking out over Lake Coeur d'Alene along their little bike path there. I was negative financially. My wife's at home. I got to go home and tell her how my day went. It has not gone well. And I just got the door slammed on my face for probably the second or third time that day. And I remember sitting there and I remember wondering if God was enough. Trying to figure out if we're going to pay the rent or have food. Which one is it? Credit cards, those guys are going to have to wait. In a horribly bad spot. And I remember sitting there and banging on my steering wheel and being just crying tears in my cute little suit with my little insurance bag in the back, broke as could be, and wondering if God would show up. Is he enough? I've been a Christian for about four years at this time. And I ran into Matthew chapter 6. And I became really familiar with this passage. If you are a, a commission insurance salesperson, you should be. And it says, do not be anxious. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Well, you will eat. I was a little anxious. Thought that the family might want food. Or what you will drink. Or about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at these birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so closes the grass of the field, which is 
today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not so much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows, he knows that you need them all. Sitting there in my car, reading this, and I had to choose, do I believe this or not? Do I believe that God knows what I need? And do I believe that he will provide for my needs? When you're really broke, you don't really have an option. (laughs) It's like, all right, okay, Lord, I'm going to hold you to it. But here's what you need to do, Josh. You need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day, uh, uh, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I remember this time of just, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And I can tell you that God was faithful in 2003, and it didn't happen all at once, and I made a bunch of dumb decisions after that, and it wasn't all roses all the time. But as I started to understand stewardship, as I started to understand whose I was and whose everything that I had was, my life changed dramatically. I walked freer even though I was still just as broke as I could be. I was able to hand it over to God and walk with him and walk like this and learn how to become a good steward of my time, learn how to become a good steward of the resources, learn how to become a good steward of the talents and serve at my church. And then I got this thing called successful. And it magnified my character. And that wasn't a great magnification early on. But I had to go through that education and learn what it looks like. Have you ever taken credit for God's provision. He warns us in Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 19, you may say to yourself, my power and my strength, my hands have produced this wealth for me. I got it. But remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So the attitude we have towards stewardship is also how we view God. Are your hands closed around everything you got and you're just holding on for dear life? Or are you an irrational giver? Are you free? You're just like, oh, that's where you want it, Lord. Okay, that was weird. I kind of wish I would have had some more of that, but that's okay. It's yours anyway. Are you a communicator of generosity in your life? Do people look at you and they're like, generous? If I needed something, I'd go to Josh, for sure. If I needed something, I'd go to Brian. Brian, give me the shirt off his back. Is that how you're viewed in your community? Or are you viewed like, I got lots of stuff and I'm holding on to it, but it's so much stuff, it's just making my hands hard to close. See, Proverbs is a great book of wisdom. If we just obeyed the things that were in Proverbs, you'd be successful financially. You'd be successful in your relationships. It's just like these bullets of wisdom. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. How many people love slavery and are into it? (laughs) Right? Like, yeah, yeah, well, I'm not a slave. Okay, cool. 
How do you view money? How's that working for you? Proverbs 21, 21, the wise store up choice food and oil, but the fools gulp theirs down. Yet paycheck to paycheck, barely making it. I don't even have time to give away my, my time because I'm so busy. Last parable I want to talk to you guys here in closing is this parable about the talents. And my heart here for you to know today is that your God has always been enough. Long before, you were, long before America was America, long before we knew about the stock market, God has been enough for his people since the beginning of time. And he has asked you to trust him. And he's given each and every one of you amazing talents, amazing gifts that some of them, some of you have a gift of producing things financially. You're like the guy that just walks into something, boom, $200,000. What do you want me to do with it, Lord? Some of you had this gift of being able to sing beautifully up here on a stage. Some of you had that gift. You're not even sharing it with us right now. You're holding on to it. Some of you have a gift of being a connector. And you can connect with people sitting all around you. And you can show that the light of God is in your, who God is through how you connect with them. We have all of these gifts and talents. And it's so much more outside of the realm of actual dollars. Some of you have the gift of service. You are a servant. I call myself the lead servant because that's what I aspire to be. I am not the guy who gets to touch uh, something and it turns into $200,000. But I'm trying to be a good steward of what it looks like to walk with God well. And I hope that you're hearing that in this message today, that your God is enough. He's given you enough. He is not holding out on you. We need what you have. Your neighbor, look at your neighbor and say, I need what you have. I need what you have. One of the cool exercises in our, uh, in our um, class, wait, somebody's over here taking something. You can't take it from right now. They were just, it was kind of, no. One of the cool exercises in our, um, our financial class on Thursday night is you do what's called a quick claim deed. And that's where you write, list everything that you have. You list out all of your resources, all of your assets, all of your money, all of the stuff, and you figure out that it's not yours. And you write this, it's an exercise that you go through so you can change your mindset about resources and stewardship and you hand over everything you have to the one who gave it to you. And you release control of that and you understand that you are a conduit of what flows through in and out of your hands to glorify God's kingdom. Let's look at the parable of the talents. Matthew 25, 14. Jesus is saying, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted, uh, entrusted his wealth to them. Do you know that God has entrusted his wealth to all of us? He's entrusted where you live. He's entrusted how we take care of the water and the ground. He's entrusted everything to, to us. Kind of make me nervous. Not nervous when we're all stewarding it well. To one he gave five bags of gold and to another two bags and to another one bag or gold or talent, depends on which version you're reading it from. Each according to his ability. Wait a minute, he knows my ability? No wonder he hasn't given me $200 million. (laughs) 
No, he knows your ability. He knows what would wreck you. There's lots of scriptures about the pursuit of wealth and what it does to someone if it's done with the wrong heart, where, where the, the love of money, putting money above a bunch of other things is the root of all evil. Money is not evil. We need it. You need it. But to love it more than you love God's creation is evil. The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work, and he gained five more bags. So also with the one with two bags of gold, he gained two more. But the man who had received just one bag went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had reached five bags of gold, brought another five master. He said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold and I have gained five more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Do you feel like God is inviting you to share in his happiness of what he created The man with two bags of gold also came master. He said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold and look, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. So those examples are the people who are like, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put things to work. What, what bags of gold are in your heart? What bags of gold are in your life? I'm not talking about your checking account. I'm talking about things far more superior than that. What bags of gold are you currently holding right now? And how are you letting God use, use those resources that he's so entrusted you with when he's given you this beautiful spirit of leadership, of understanding people, of serving and caring for people, of being faithful? Like, what? How are we handling those things? It's a good thing to evaluate, good question to ask. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came and said, Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your gold in the ground, and here it is. Here's what belongs to you. That's not... That's not what belonged to the Lord. Everything belonged to the Lord. His eyes were on one bag of gold. And God's eyes were on the, on the, on the world as a whole. Don't hide your talents. Money's easy. Don't hide your resources. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered seed. Well, then you should have at least put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. How many people have kids in here? How many people believe that your kids are super talented? Like you're like, whoo! How would you feel if your kids hid their super talents? and never use them, and never let them out of the bag, and never let them glorify the kingdom of God. Would you be sad for them? Would you be sad that the world didn't get to see what they have to offer? 
how do you think your father views us? It's our father in heaven like, hey, I've given you, yeah, right in the far back there, I've given you a ton of stuff. I want you to share these things and what you've learned with the world. Glorify my name with these great gifts because these are, you're really important to me and what I'm giving you is really important. So he says, so take that bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside in the darkness where there'll be weeping and ganashing of teeth. Whew! He's pretty serious. He's pretty serious about how you and I steward what he has given us. He's pretty serious about us walking around like this allowing the world to see the gifts and talents that we have and be utilized. He's pretty serious about that with the resources. He's pretty serious about that within our church resources, which we'll talk about next week, what you did, what we did with, with the money that we all gave and what we impacted and where that money went and how it works and what it's doing in the kingdom of God. We'll talk about that because God's pretty serious. I'll be held in account. I'll be held to an account of what happened with this church's resources. Quite good. But he's pretty serious. Because if you don't steward God's resources, have you ever heard this weeping and gnashing of teeth before? That's called being separated from God. That's called being in what this thing would call hell. Like, and you choosing to separate yourself from God by not understanding stewardship, by walking around in life and gimme, gimme, gimme in mine and it's my money, I want it now and resources and what can you do for me and just take, 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 take. Is that what Jesus did? Didn't he say it was more blessed to give than to receive? How many people have felt great blessing by, by giving? How many people find it's more fun? How many people feel awkward when somebody gives you a gift and you're kind of like, I'd rather give you one. We are expected to be good stewards of all that God provides for us. How is your stewardship Here's what I want you to know today. Here's what I believe the Lord wants you to know today. He is enough. He always has been enough and he always will be enough. Now our definition of enough is warped. And enough may not be like what you think goes in your pocket or what you think goes in your belly. But God has always been enough for his creation. And he is enough for you and I. Amen? He is so enough that he gave it all. He gave everything that he possibly could to you and I to put us in a position to share about his kingdom. And he did that all the way to communion, to our time of communion that we're going to have, but to Jesus Christ. So we're going to take communion together, and there is no better example of being enough than our time in communion. So Ron's over here. If you missed it, raise your hand, and we'll get you some communion. We have gluten-free communion. Got one up front right here. One up front right here. 
Thank you. Because God's enough. We got plenty of communion if you don't have one. Over here on the side, all right. We get the privilege to go to the table of enough, more than enough, every week. As we come to this table and see what Jesus Christ did on the cross and we remember that he is enough, so much more than any dollars, so much more than any talents, he is everything that God could give. He's saying that he's enough. He's enough for all of the sin in this world. He's enough for all the forgiveness that we need to ask. He's enough for the times that we messed up in the past and that we're going to mess up in the future. But he's enough. And he has moved and changed this world by being enough. Do you believe it? The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took this bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body. It's for you. I'm enough. This is enough. Remember that it's enough. And do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember our Lord Jesus. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me because I am enough. Let's remember him. Father God, I just ask for your hand upon every heart and soul in here. The gifts and the talents that you have brought to my mind as I'm standing up here looking at your amazing creation, Lord, we are flush with amazingly gifted people, Lord, who want to shine a light so bright towards you that that the whole world will see and know your name. Lord, I ask that you help me and you help our church and you help the people in this church act like you are enough. That we become the most generous church in this area in the giving of our time. We become the most generous people in this area in the giving of our resources. We become the most generous people in giving of our talents, the treasures that you've put in every heart in here. Let us believe it, Lord. You spent your text telling us. Let us be rooted in the fact that you are enough. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.